Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. Are you gonna? I mean, no, no. I guess it's helpful if you whistle. You could whistle. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Why don't I get a kazoo out and play that? You'd probably, you know, you wouldn't be that bad at kazoo. I don't think, Ryan. <laughs> what? What was that, man? That was me trying to make a kazoo noise with my mouth. I'm so glad that I hit the record button before that moment happened in my life, so I could record it. <laughs> It's recorded now for all posterity. In fact, we're live, bro, so we're putting that one in the podcast. We have to. Are you okay. kidding me? Uh, I did record. We are live, but I don't have to include it in the podcast, no. We can just start from at any point you want to. Okay. Well, give me the word, man. Okay. Well, um, word. Catch any of this righteous rock, man? Any of this at all? I can hear it. Boy, I got to tell you, like, that's played. The audience is going to hear that on, like, that's played from a little iPhone speaker. And it still rocks, doesn't it? It's crunchy. just sounds good, man. I love that lick. I love it, bro. <laughs> like the moment you came up with, I can remember. Like, do you remember the look in my eyes? Like, we we locked eyes. You were like, and that third note is a finger tap. Like, you're you're doing, you're playing the pick, I think, for the the first half step bend, and then that octave thing up the top is like your hand moving over and hitting it on the fretboard. So you're going with your little like middle finger. And the first time I saw you do that, you looked down, you looked up at me, we locked eyes, and you had this little like mischievous smile on your on your face. And I was like, that's the lick. Do it again. <laughs> like, play it again. You're like, okay, man, let me do it again. We, you were like, you were like a kid in a candy store, man. A kid in a toy store is what you were like. Yeah, I was one of those ones where I don't know where that came from because it's the 12 fret harmonic thing. And- <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Maybe I just had that in my head. Can I tell you, like, no, no smoke, nothing like that. No, 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 don't smoke your way. But like, I was legitimately blown away by that that little melody, dude. Like, I was, I, the second you did it, I was like, brilliant. Like, that's genius. That that was, it's perfect. Like, it's not overdone. It, it's the right sort of feel for what I wanted this. Um, 
Like you want the, I wanted that song to have that sort of punching power of the, with the palm you, you know, the dun 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 dun. But I, I, there is that sort of haunting, lingering like overtones that you just captured so well with that harmonic. I was like, oh man, brilliant, just in the moment, dude. Uh, it really, it really was on the spot, man. It was great. I like the little harmonic at the very end of the song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is really good. It's like you, you. I don't know what you did. If you did, you put it moving up an octave at the end. I literally just hit the same note three times. I think it just rings. I think it's because it's still giving feedback from the pickups. It just uh, you can almost hear the whatever uh, like one octave above it is what I think I'm hearing in my ear at the very end of the song. Yeah, the way that I held the notes down, I tried to get it to resonate a little bit. It worked, man. <laughs> From one note carrying over to the next, but yeah, for real. Yeah, how long ago was that? Now it's I mean, been a while, man. Now I feel old. This is 2020. I really, I um, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of my solo. I released a solo album. Uh, I might re-release it. Michael Jansen, beautiful. You can't find it anywhere because it's that exclusive. <laughs> uh, and then it was like the next year we did that one. So I want to say it was like 2011, 2012, something like that. Yeah, when did we actually write that thing, though? That was probably know, like man. 2008, right? Maybe. 2009? 2007. No, 2008. You might be right. Between 08 and 09. I will say this, too, uh, since we're talking about me and what I did on that song. Yes, let's. Uh, <laughs> the first guitar solo. Yeah. Like the, the break in between the verses. Correct. That was on the spot in the studio. Like I, I had no. <laughs> no, dude, it was fantastic. You I always mean, riff there. Early you always riff there, take, and I always first loved it. First take on the spot, man. I had no like preconceived notion of what I was gonna do there. Let's see if I can find it. All right. Nope, that's the first chorus. Hold on. Oh no, no, you were. That was it. That's my son. It's coming up here. So this is the first chorus. Here we go. Oh, man, that still gives me goosebumps, dude. I just love that. That was... Ooh, it's wicked, dude. That was just in the moment. I know, dude, but you were so in the zone there. Oh, man, just... And I watched you do it, man. I was just like, whoa! Oh, it gave me goosebumps, dude, back then. Nothing special. I mean, it's just a minor pentatonic. Yeah, but the, but the placement. You know what I mean? And you'd riffed there before, and you had done other riffs that were similar. Don't get me wrong. It's not like you never did anything close to it. But it was like that last little part. You know, just real deep down low and bendy. Just, man, dude, it just it fits it. It hit the spot. Just you know funny, I mean? man. You listen to that song, you remember the moment. I do. Like, like I, I picture really us in the studio. About that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> With good old Larry, man, I miss that dude. Shout out to Larry Elia, one of like the hottest, best like producers, uh, video production dudes, like in in the valley, in the world, whatever. He's amazing. You can find him all over the place. Elia is like E L Y E A. If I'm spelling right, I hope I'm spelling right, Larry. Sorry. And uh, he's already even. Well, I don't even want to say that. I will say that. Um, 
he is super awesome and he, he taught me so much. Like he taught me so much about just music and recording. And it was like an, it was like a college education, like recording an album with him is what it was like Dude, that, that moment in time, man was so cool. He's really uh, insightful and very, he has a great ear for things. Oh my gosh. His ear. The thing about his ear, did I ever tell you the story about, um, Led Zeppelin? Uh, I don't believe so. Well, okay. So only audio engineers will get this, but he can't listen to Led Zeppelin anymore. And I thought he was being facetious or exaggerating. And he's like, no, actually, I can't listen to that music because it was so, because the standards, he's so good at audio editing. It's literally, he's changed his hearing because it's all he's done for untold number of repetitions. Like if you do something for 10,000 times, uh, like playing the guitar, for example, you know, you can't not like sort of use your, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like when you can't unsee the world once you've put on a new filter sometimes and the punch-ins, the punch-outs, like the different audio edits that go into what was going on back in the 70s, you know, he has a hard time listening to music like that. And I get it now. Like after he told me that earlier in our relationship, like me and him, our professional relationship, and then after all of the hours and hours and hours, I obsessively re-listened and listened and all every single part on that solo album was all me. Guitars, I mean, except for I featured you in one song, Ryan, but like the rest of it, except for the drums, was just me. Vocals, backup vocals, dude, everything, everything. Like the guitars, the bass, and like you have to go back in there and, and just rehash every last little note, really, every every moment. And after enough times of that repetition, you start hearing things. And I can hear things now in audio that uh, you hear in commercials music videos uh, uh, television anywhere there's audio ever playing there are things that I can hear that other people don't hear unless they have that experience there's no other way to hear it but the problem is it's great having that kind of an ear but um, you know like I said he couldn't go back to Led Zeppelin and really enjoy it the way that you know most music listeners can enjoy Led Zeppelin today if you go hit play on Led Zeppelin it's gonna blow your mind if you've never heard them (laughs) you know what I'm saying like um, but I that insight that he gave me that, that didn't come for years and years later was like a little was like a little nugget of time bomb wisdom. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what my relationship with Larry feels like. He he was so wise and he was so sensitive and like smart that it's like he could say something to me and it, I didn't actually fully understand the impact of what he said until a decade later. <laughs> like that dude changed my life, man, in terms of like how I view music and how I view the world. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. I will ask you this kind of in this, on the same lines there is uh, after you've played the guitar for a certain number of years and you've studied technique a little bit and you've watched, you know, great players live, you kind of can just watch someone or hear someone play and you can... You can feel whether they are fighting the guitar or not, whether they have complete control over that instrument. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with that. Um, and I, that's when you really respect a guitar player, when every note just sounds like there's so much control there. 
I got to, I got to, you, you, you've given me such a good example, Ryan. All I can really do is give you another good example. The same thing applies to vocalists. And that one vocalist that you introduced me to, shout out to Rebecca, vocal athlete, RVA, which is, I don't know if you guys don't already know who she is, but she's amazing. And like, just listen to her music. Go, go, go see her content on YouTube. She does music reviews. And, you know, I've heard her sing, right? And she, she, she's a vocal coach, right? So she's, she's not just someone who sings. Like she's, uh, she's on the far end of that spectrum in terms of vocal capabilities and knowledge and things like that. And you can tell, like, just in the way she tries to, you know, communicates this stuff, right? And right. it's that same thing, dude. Like after a certain number, like I can tell the difference between someone who's got pipes and can actually sing and someone that's just sort of like in that middle range, right? Like just maybe has some experience, but not necessarily an expert, right? It's, right. it's just fascinating how every single new instrument that you start to form a mastery over, whether or not it's your own vocals or whatever, dude, like it's like a new, it's almost like a new sight, man, new vision, new glasses, that perspective you can put on and see the world, dude. Yeah. This is not it's... the direction I, by the way, intended this conversation to go. I just, I'm fascinated, dude. I'm, I'm really, you're such a good example, man. Well, we... We can kind of uh, transition to the origins. Yeah, let's let's actually get back on task because the origin of the origins you had just mentioned was we actually you know started a quick review like all right well let's what are we going to talk about tonight and and you had this idea so I said okay we you got to this is a great idea let's do it. Uh, because we've talked a lot about of our of our experiences and stuff, and just like I did just now, rattle off about what happened in the studio and all these memories. But you had a specific idea, Ryan. You wanna do you wanna go ahead and share it? Just like every superhero has a great origin story, I think every musician has a musical origin story. It's one thing that I really enjoyed about the documentaries on bands that I liked or reading guitar magazines. Cause you get to hear the origin story, like how your favorite guitar player started playing the guitar. And it was just kind of cool to, to hear how they started and see the, the similarities and things that you can relate to. Which, you so know, I thought we'd talk about our origins, musical origin stories. I just think it's a fabulous idea. My only, I don't, know, I don't know, my only thing is just how much time we have because <laughs> I know if there's, if there's at least one or two things that uh, I enjoy talking about, and I, and I feel you're the same way, is, um, you know, music and, you know, me. So right. <laughs> it's my two both favorite the, subjects. Both of the key boxes are checked for this thing <laughs> this i mean this is really it has the the makings of a classic episode i'm telling you man already just a few minutes <laughs> in we're, we're cooking we're warming up here um <laughs> well uh i mean i guess i do you want me to start or do you want to go first because it was your idea and i actually i like the way you tell a story anyway you have a way with um oratation like oratory you have oratory gifts so like, I'd love to hear you go first, man, or, or do you want me to do it, go first? I mean, technically, uh, you know, choosers, pickers, or whatever, you did come up with the idea. There we go. How about this? Uh, what do you want? I'll go first, then you can tell your origin story, and then we'll kind of walk down memory lane together, and we'll talk about how we started uh, I love this plan. music together. 
Please go first. Yes. Fantastic. So for me, um, my father was also a lover of the guitar. Uh, he loved music. My, my mom also loved music, you know, so they were always jamming out to something, right? But my dad actually went to, to college uh, to play classical guitar. So he's really talented on the, the acoustic. But he also played in rock bands. He also liked rock as well. So when I was a little kid, I remember he would... He would go out and play gigs with different for different people, and people were calling him to play guitar for them. And he was in a band, and I I would go to band practice, you know, when I was a kid. And I always enjoyed listening to the music, you know. And I I always remember seeing the guitar, his guitar just sitting there, and you know I'd be I'd be curious about him, you know I'd. I'd, I'd open the case and I'd kind of just look at it and just kind of hit the strings, you know? I didn't know anything about the guitar, really. Like, you know, I just was kind of curious about it. So, um, but I never really, like, voiced the desire to actually learn how to play guitar. So I never like went out of my way to say that I, I want lessons or anything like that, you know? Okay. So when I was about, uh, so I didn't really do anything with music, you know, outside of listen to it. When I was about, uh, 11 or 12 years old, my, my mom basically forced me into taking piano lessons. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but, uh, yeah, um, I think it's come up, but I don't. I didn't remember that little factoid. Yeah, so she forced me to take piano lessons for about um, six, seven months. Wow! And uh, I didn't practice. You know, <laughs> basically, um, you know, the the teacher would assign me uh, something to learn how to play. You know, and I was supposed to have like a a week or two to learn it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I would always be there the day of, right when I got home from school, trying to learn how to play um, whatever I was supposed to before I went over there. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't, it was more like a, a class that you were forced to take, you know, like you didn't, it wasn't necessarily, like I, I wasn't passionate about it, you know, like yeah, I didn't okay. really want, to. so I, you know, I just got to, so she got to the point where she's just like, okay, he's not putting the time in, you know? So a couple of years later, when I was about 14, 15, hmm. um, you know, I started getting really into to rock music and I started really uh, gravitating towards like the legendary guitar players. Uh, Who's Jimmy your Hendrix. Uh, I knew it. I knew that was going to be the first one. I knew it. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, yeah. Van Halen. Uh, oh. Joe Satriani. Love me some Satchi. Um, you introduced me to Satchi. I'm, I'm going to forever be grateful to you for that. So I heard these 
these guys play the guitar and I was just blown away by it. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. You know, I'm going to play like that. So, uh, I just grabbed one of my dad's guitars and just started to, um, tinker or fiddle around on it and not really knowing what I was doing, but, uh, you know, I found out about guitar tabs, started looking those up, started reading guitar magazines and um, just went from there. Just basically taught myself um, how to play. And uh, so that we call that a lot of times playing by ear. For those that um, are not necessarily classically trained, a lot of people will learn to play an instrument by ear and by touch and the guitar is an, a wonderful instrument to do that on yeah so i i've taken one um actually two formal guitar classes oh i was gonna say because you really even though you you i knew i did know of some of your origin story right like I had some of these details i know i did know that you kind of started learning by ear and but you've never been a slouch in the the theory department, like any kind of musical terms I throw your way when trying to discuss a song we're writing together or something like that, something we're working on, uh, you follow along, you understand tempo, you understand these, like, these different things. And so whatever you learned in those few classes you took, you, you really sort of held on to because um, some folks I know have taken limited courses and they don't really, wasn't important to them. So they really like grasp the concept or, or stick with it. You know what I mean? And I was impatient when I was learning. Like, <laughs> You know, I was I was listening to Van Halen, you know, Eruption. Yeah. I wanted to uh -huh. learn how to do the two-handed tapping. I wanted to, oh, yeah. you know, get the whammy bar out and dive bomb and, you know, pinch harmonics and trills yeah. and all this stuff. And I'm like going to guitar class and they're like, all right, we're going to play a Claire de la Lune. I'm like, <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. I'm like, I don't want to play this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I do. I really do. So I'm like, you know, screw learning how to read music. I don't know if I would be better off if I had done it, but I'm just like, I don't want to play these dumb little songs. Like, I want to actually try to jump right into the deep end of the pool, you, you know? So you had a vision, bro, and you, you yeah. knew your, your heart told you what you needed. Yeah. I always wanted to be a lead guitar player, you know, like those guys. And Yeah, man. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, Jimi Hendrix and, and Van Halen were, as well as Steve Ray, uh, Ray were great rhythm guitar players, but, Absolutely. you know, that lead stuff is what really... Um, what sets them all apart. It captured my imagination, and, and it kind of, like, I want to do that, you know? <laughs> so... I love it, dude. Thank you that for was sharing it. that, dude. That's a great... Yeah. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Why did you get her first? And it, partly because I'm, I will admit to being a little chicken, but <laughs> uh, also want to be slightly mysterious, you know, way to beat, you know, but also um, I really do like the way you tell a story. I always have. And, you know, again, your favorite subject matter, music and you, uh, it's masterful, dude, artful, the way you orate. <laughs> yeah. It's a pleasure just to be in the presence. And all right. So <laughs> I guess I'll take my turn now. Um, in the beginning, uh, you know, I just, 
boy, if it made noise, I was interested in it from the very young age. I don't know, man. Just, just called to me from afar off, and um, I can remember. I had to just laugh. I had to laugh so hard in my own mind when you tell that little factoid about, you know, hating the lessons and having it being forced on you. Because I really am right. yin to your your musical yang here. Because I was the opposite. I kid you not. I begged my parents for lessons on the piano. I begged them. <laughs> Please, mom. I'm already nine. Like most of my heroes were already masters by the time they were nine. Like I grew up worshiping Mozart and Beethoven. Okay, so like by the time I was nine, right. I was like I'm behind. <laughs> and, right. And like crap, you know. And I I I really when I say worship, like I was. Um, I only listened to classical music until I was the age of 13, and I was very obsessed about it. I, w- I, I went deep. Uh, I, I basically listened to all of Beethoven's you know, symphonies and sonatas, and I got obsessed with Mozart, and I got obsessed with, uh, with um, Bach. I got obsessed with uh, George Frederick Handel, of course, The Messiah is one of my favorite pieces of music. Um, I love to sing. Um, my... I got it from my parents too, man. Like my family is a very musical family. My my mom, you know, sort of sang like an angel. I can still remember to this day being a little baby, little kid, you know, and her singing to me just about every other day and sort of a sing song tone of her voice, you know. And my dad uh, was a drummer, uh, played drums in high school and stuff. And and while he stopped playing instruments, you know, pretty much after that, once he went into the service, he uh, always had appreciation for music. So there was always music playing. Whether or not he was driving in the car, mom was driving, we always had something going, right? If it, if it wasn't Elvis, it was Nat King Cole. If it wasn't Nat King Cole, it was, um, say, Ella Fitzgerald or, or just, you know, I mean, heck, Bing Crosby, just any of these names. And, and heck, I heard, um, uh, why am I spacing on the, it's the famous band that sings the snow-covered hill and the landslide. What's the name of that famous band? Oh, my gosh. How, it's, how is it on the tip of my tongue and I can't? Fleetwood Mac? Thank you, Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> so sorry, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac, they'd play the Fleetwood Mac. And this was on vinyl, bro. Like, they had a vinyl player, a record player. And, and we, it was just great, man. We had a little stereo system at home. And that was my favorite place in the house to be. I mean, I was listening to those records. Uh, and yeah. then, of course, the piano was right there off the side. And, and so obsessed with that. Mom was such a great singer. I wanted to sing, too. And, um, you know, Dad, heck, Dad introduced me to other great rock bands. Like, dude, the Counting Crows. I was obsessed with the Counting Crows for so long. That was my dad. Or like Tracy Chapman, like all of these influences came because of my parents. That's all right. the stuff they were listening to, right? And I, and I, like I said, I begged to get lessons. <laughs> I begged and begged, and they relented. And I actually was able to find a, a friend of mine. And shout out to to my friend uh, Ryan. His name was Ryan, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, and I had another friend named. Sounds like Kevin. a good guy. Well, no, you know, I might have my friends mixed up. I had a friend that was Ryan, and a friend that, that his name was Kevin. And one of the two friends had a mom who was really good at the piano and had a baby grand like in her house. And this is on a military base. So she, they moved this puppy upstairs and, like in her house and she offered to teach me lessons. And so I, can, I begged and I convinced my mom. And my mom felt so guilty that I got free lessons that I somehow – like I, I kid you not, I found a way to get free piano lessons at nine <laughs> This is how industrious I was back then for for music, man. Uh, and my mom felt so guilty that she uh, she brought over like this super cool like nice house plan and like a nice sweet letter she wrote and stuff. Thank you so much. It was so hilarious that she was like, how did how did he figure out on on his own to get music lessons when they wouldn't pay for? 
I was like, I'll find a way. So that's my, so I'm like the antithesis to you, bro. Like your parents forced it on you. I, I begged and I had to find my own way into music, man. Cause, <laughs> um, and so like by the time I was 13, I was so obsessed with music, classical music. I thought that that was it for my life. Like I thought I was going to be a composer. Uh, Beethoven was my hero. Um, his whole story moved me very deeply, uh, right. you know, going deaf and stuff and, and, uh, George Frazier handled his story movie. He was blind. Like he went blind. Um, like, I don't know, man. It, it was just, it was, a. it was all I cared about for so long. And then I turned 13. We moved to California. My dad, I mean, we got stationed again. And all of a sudden this like rock and roll thing, I started listening to the radio and I started hearing like bands like third eye blind and Foo Fighters and, you know what I mean? Like, whoa, yeah. Green Day. Like, whoa, this is different. And it hooked me, man. It really, really hooked me. I mean, Kevin Cadigan, which is the guitar player for, for Third Eye Blind, was like my hero for so long, man. I worshiped that guy. Like, he was my Jimi Hendrix, you know what I'm saying? It just blew. And, and I think if it were any other guitar player, it may not have happened for me, like my love of guitar. But his just open tuning, his whole mindset of guitar is so different from other guitar players. It, I don't know, man. It just, it somehow synced up with my little 13 year old brain, dude. And I, and I, I've loved it ever since. You know, I can remember playing in bands at that age. Like you and I started guitar at the same time. You obviously improved way faster than me. But I actually started when I was 16. Yeah. Like you actually started a little later than me. I started when I was about 14, 15 and I was in little wannabe bands at the time and stuff. And I was playing power chords with my friends, my friend, Jerry, who's a magnificent person and, and, uh, was even actually there when I recorded my solo album. He he took a little time off from school at the time, and uh, he's he's moved on to bigger, better things. But um, that that guy taught me how to like do power chords, and then it was like game on. <laughs> Once he taught me power chords, I was like, oh, oh, okay, I see. And I got a little obsessed with power chords and rhythm, and <laughs> that's just how it happened, man. So for me, it was the rhythm side, right? It wasn't the lead. It was I just I, there's something about the rhythmic slapping of these strings that just entrances. It just it, I can't. I can't stop, dude, even though I'm not necessarily ever going to be the the lead heavy kind of guitar player. Um, there's just something about figuring out those little intricate like rhythms and taps and patterns that just I'm still obsessed with. Right. And, yeah. you know, I, I there was one thing I knew, man, back when I was playing guitar at 14 or 15. I was like, this is what I want to do, man. I just want to write music. I want to play music. Because once I, I developed this love of piano all those years playing, I mean, I, I did classical music, recitals. I would write a bunch of music. I wrote classical music for a while. And I never really felt I was cool. I just didn't, like, it, that part of it didn't uh, matter to me. It was just this love of this instrument. Um, but when I picked up the guitar, I was like, dang, this is cool. Like, I just, there's something about the guitar, dude. I, I don't know, man. I, I I uh, just, I don't know, once you start adding instruments, it, it just, it dawned on me that that's, I needed to keep adding more instruments, man. So that's what I did. I learned brass in high school. I played in jazz band. I played in orchestra. I, I sang in choirs. I, I've directed choirs. I've, you know, I've, I've learned more instruments, as many as I could get my hands on, man. I, I love learning new instruments. I just, there's something cool about adding another weapon to your arsenal. I don't <laughs> I don't know, man. So I got a little lost in my retelling of my musical orange, orange, huh, origin story. Um, but I think I got out most of what I wanted to share. Just the fact that I, 
begged for lessons and got obsessed with classical music before I ever even thought about rock or anything, man, or anything other than classical music. I wanted to be Beethoven, man, when I was... That's funny. That was my fantasy when I was 10. Oh, John Williams. Like, okay, Jurassic Park came out when I was 10, and I was obsessed with that score. And so I have That's the soundtrack. It's great. It's great, it's, it, it holds up. It holds up so good. I yeah, mean, it does. A lot of his scores hold up. Don't get me wrong. But that original Jurassic Park score... I'll put that up against any movie soundtrack ever. It's it's my favorite. Yeah, there's something there's something really da, 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 pleasant about da, da, da. it. I'm telling you, man. Da, 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 da. I played that song on the on the uh, piano over and over and over again <laughs> so many times. So many times. Shut up already! It's the, too late. Stop playing! Like you <laughs> hear that? It, it just has a really. Oh man! There's a lot of emotion in in. In that such score, a Williams fanboy dude, like I just I fell in love with that 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 soundtrack, man. So you know beautiful. what's funny, man, is um, uh, I I for some reason I I just felt like it was important not only to play the electric guitar, but to also learn how to finger pick um on the acoustic guitar. Okay. Um. So I, I did listen to a lot of classical guitar and, and that stuff is extremely difficult <laughs> to play. And it, it really, uh, helped me along with my finger dexterity and especially with my right hand, uh, you know, things I can do with my right hand because I took the time to try to learn how to play classical guitar pieces. I see. So that really helped me a lot in with just creativity but also just technically it really helped a lot so i've i enjoyed classical music too you know yeah it's funny how we we came to music from different approaches different perspectives but we found our way i mean and and my love of rock for example you know my my first band that i fell in love with is not necessarily your top pick right but we found um, it was like my second pick and my third pick. You know, we got our, our choices. Um, it, it's just it's interesting to me how we 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 our favorites or like the artists we pick or the songs we picked. They were all good and all good great quality, but but sort of different. And it's like getting exposed to each other uh, and getting exposed to your version of rock as you saw it from Ryan's perspective really widen my perspective open my view and really i gained a much deeper appreciation for guitar after meeting you man like really really for real like Jimi hendrix for example i always liked Jimi hendrix sure but my appreciation for him just as a human being man, with his just his artistic expression it, it widened right. after you know your influence and and in fact well another good friend of mine although not a musician was a huge Jimi hendrix fan and he he really introduced me to a lot of like deeper cuts that had me going. Let me go go back to that. Like, <laughs> like play that again. Oh my gosh, that's that's just fire. Like, just go back, please. Like, how did he do that? So, um, yeah, man. Like, isn't that funny? It is because, like, if we were to talk about our influences and what we wanted to, how we wanted to play the music that we're into. It's it's almost amazing that we're even able to make music together because for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, I've like I said, I always gravitated towards 
lead, but also um, I like you know straightforward rock alternative, and I, I'm I'm pretty um, open minded to to a lot of different styles. But there was just something about heavy metal, yeah, that uh, I don't I don't know what it is. Like I I just I love heavy metal. <laughs> um, it's okay. So the way you just described that, you like rock. And, and all those other types of rock, but your love sort of centers on heavy metal. And I feel like the other side of that rock coin, you know, my heart is just in that straight up rock, you know, give me some ACDC, give me some Foo Fighters, right? Give me some, I even count like a Jimmy Eat World kind of emo vibe in there too, because there's just sort of the straight up method, right? To put these rock songs together that just my heart, man. But there's, I think, you know, what connects both of us is the blues. Yeah. That's what that's the connecting link between straight up rock and and heavy metal, and God bless the blues for being the blues, man. I, I love the sound of the blues. You can't deny just its impact in how many genres of music. Like you can't really, it's underlined there in so many ways that it's unless you look at it, you we sort of tend to forget like what the blues has done for music. Yeah. Oh, I love the blues too. You know, I uh, I've listened to a lot of blues in my day. And, and you yourself have been a source of inspiration and, and giving me sources on blues. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't really fully appreciate the blues until I started seeing the world from the perspective of a guitar player. You see? Like, I, yeah. it wasn't until that that lead journey, like where I'm hearing all these lead players that you got obsessed with, you had, it's like, dude, you have to hear this. I'm like, all right, right, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. Let me hear it. And it wasn't until you sat me down, for example, and made me listen to an entire Joe Satriani. I used to poo-poo Joe Satriani, dude. I was like, whatever, this isn't interesting. And you're like, no, man, listen to the whole song. Are you sure? Just listen to it. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll listen to it. What's the big deal? And it's like mind blown. Like, oh, I get it. You have to hear the whole thing and add it. you can't take a part of it out of context if you want to understand his brilliance. Like you might passively think he's an okay guitar player, but if you don't like expand it out and like look at like what he's good at over like a period of a long song, let's say he writes, you won't really quite get some of his depth without say hearing a whole album. You know what I mean? You know, that jogged uh that jogged my memory to how you were resistant towards listening to it at all. Oh yeah. Kind of like you're like, yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, but you know, I don't really want to give it the time, you know, to serious serious listening. And uh, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were in Guitar Center one time, and they happened to be playing a Joe Satriani live concert, and I think you heard. Uh, Oh man, I'm spaced on the name of the song. It's like Raspberry Jam oh, Number Five. Raspberry or Jam Delta like Five. Yeah, yeah, that's and, a good one. And you man. heard that song, and then it you're like, "Okay, me. Ryan, I think I had it wrong." <laughs> that kind of caught your. Oh man, it did <laughs> there dude. was something about that song that caught your? Uh, I don't even attention. know. I don't even know how many times I played that song, dude. I got obsessed with that song. I bought his whole anthology because of it. So in 2003, Joe Satriani came out with the the electric Joe Satriani, an anthology disc. It was two two albums long, and I bought it because of this little tune. And you didn't regret it, not one bit. 
<laughs> there it is. Isn't it amazing, dude? The opening riff that, that you like. Uh, it's the opening riff. That. And it just gets better from there. It just gets better from there. Oh, oh, it just gets better. Like he gets so complex with that little to hear him. You know, you know why I was just I fell in love. It reminded me so much of Johann Bach because what he would do is Bach would just like he'd have some kind of a melody and he would do these inventions and he would just do variations on a theme over and over again, like all different kinds of ways to do one melody. And it, it blows my mind that, that w- there's so much all buried underneath the layer of one melody, one rhythm. And Joe Satriani did this on he does this on guitar very well. Like he'll take a melody and then boom, let me add a layer underneath, and boom, let me add another little layer over here, and boom, let me keep building, building, building. And here's another variation, and here's another little way I can flip it and twist it and turn it. And you're like, how is this possible? <laughs> like it's so. Do you understand how hard it is to do that? And, yeah, and, and it blew my mind. I completely dude. understand. Oh man, it was just it was it's pure joy, dude. I I that lick still takes me back, man. I had actually forgotten that I called you and said that until you until you pointed it out like you you brought the memory back, dude. Like that's yeah, right. That, that day I was like you finally saw the light. Uh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said, man. And I did. I saw the light, man, and boy was it beautiful. And it's changed me ever since, man. Like I, after that, dude, I dove. That anthology, it was like it's deep. It's it's multiple hours of music, and it's it, it's a pretty good span on on his career. But you know, this is now 2020, and he's only gotten better. I feel like I know that sounds crazy, but he, I mean, his last couple albums, he's. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a few of them. You're like, ah, he's phoning that one in. But even those, I go back and listen to. And I still think they're great. But there's been a few of them. These last few ones he's come out with, you're just like, man, how is he still doing it? How old yeah. are you, Joe? How are you still doing this? Like, you're a wizard. I don't. It hurts. It almost hurts me to know how good he is. Like, it. <laughs> I do get obsessed with him, man. And you know what you you made me think of? You know, talking about the layers and like the hurts in the a building, way. and yeah, just keep getting more and more intense. And they're they're adding these variations that are just blowing your mind, and they're harmonizing, and they're the solo over this, and it's just. That's why I like always liked heavy metal so much because, you know, especially going back to the to the eighties, you know, some of these songs were like, you know, seven to ten minutes long, <laughs> you know, like the, it was like, you know, a, a legitimate piece of music, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like earlier today, I was uh, listening to Avenged Sevenfold. I don't know if you're really a Oh, I know who they are. They're I haven't solid, delved man. into it too much. I'm but, not a uh, huge fan, but it's probably because of not giving them a lot of my attention. But I know who they are. They're good. Yeah, well, there's this song called Buried Alive. I was listening to that song earlier today. Um, it's off the uh, Nightmare album, I believe. And uh, the weirdest thing about that song and that album is uh, the fact that I mean, it, it was a little tragic, too, because uh, their drummer uh, passed away. Oh, I did hear that. Um, before they recorded that album. And so when they went in the studio, they needed to to find a drummer. And they ended up uh, somehow hooking up with Mike Portnoy. Whoa, he really? Actually played, yeah, he actually Wait, played Point- drums Portnoy on that, is on that track? Really? No, Whoa. he played drums on that whole album. Whoa, that's cool. I did not know this. I mean, I knew about yeah. the drummer passing. I didn't know that Mike stepped in. Yeah, Whoa. he stepped in and played drums on that album, and I think uh, for the tour of that album. That's and, cool. Uh, 
so the song Buried Alive, um, it, it starts off with a clean electric guitar and then these like this harmonized lead comes in and it's like kind of has this slow but um, deliberate pace and then you know the chorus hits and then it just builds and builds and builds and especially towards the end of the song you're like okay the intensity went up okay the intensity went up and it's like holy <laughs> like it just keeps ramping up and up and it's like the variations like if you really listen in the background you hear you hear all the guitars like the subtle guitar the lead and the bass like the the orchestration of that song even the vocals are just the the lyrics are amazing too that song just blows my mind man. yeah I mean, cool. I, I'm fascinated with that song right now. Well, you got it's, me wanting to hear it because it's like the way you describe the buildup gets me very, uh, it's got my spidey senses tingling, man. Like now I want to go here. <laughs> like, go and the lead, out, uh, the harmonies and the lead and the drumming, like it's just so, it is an aggressive song. Like the vocals do get aggressive, but if you, if you really just, focus on all the layers in the musicianship that is going on it is just it's an amazing song man it's a treat and one thing that you really open my my heart and my mind to when it comes to when it comes to heavy metal is that musicianship that you're describing i don't think i respected heavy metal musicians until i had the proper appreciation for like that orchestration that you're discussing because if you yeah, listen to man. a good Metallica song from back in the day, this is the same kind of stuff that was going on very well. I mean, I mean, it's. I don't think it's in dispute that uh, James Hetfield is probably the one of the best rhythm guitar players ever, like ever. to ever live. Yeah, ever live. He, one of the best guitar players. Period. Ever. Yeah, he put him Period. above yeah. quite a few other solo acts, right? And and just him on his own. And then you've got Kurt, of course. And and I had no appreciation for the Wah effect until Kurt. <laughs> The wah yeah, effect is kind of got he kind of got addicted to it there for a, it. Well, when I finally started appreciating, like you finally taught me a little bit about how to use the wah pedal a little more effectively, and it was like wong. All of a sudden, I had a new appreciation for Kurt Hammett, and then uh, I started just like trying to re reproduce that sound in my own guitar licks like way too much, <laughs> way too much. I got a little obsessed myself. Yeah, it's just that is one thing that drew me to heavy metal, like these guitar players, like. Randy Rhodes. Oh, Randy's another good one. That played for Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, no, no appreciation for Randy. Uh, you know, poor Randy. I mean, this guy was. He's so good. <laughs> amazing. Like I Man. wanted for the longest time, I wanted a Jackson Flying V like him. You I know, I can see you playing a Flying V, bro. Yeah, like one day I do want to get the Randy Rhodes signature guitar. You know that Jackson Flying V? I just for sure, man. You know, it's just synonymous almost to me with metal. You know. Then I think of guys like Dimebag Daryl. Um, oh, yeah. Dimebag, recipes. You know, all these guys that are just so amazing, man. So amazing. Nuno Betancourt? Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> Nuno. he wasn't necessarily like, nowadays you wouldn't consider it heavy metal. But yeah, he's he's amazing. Well, back when he was doing, like, say, Pornography, right? I mean, I heard. Yeah, that, uh, was, that was considered. He-Man, uh, He-Man Woman Hater, that song? Yeah. I heard that on the radio the other day. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> what fresh, amazing awesomeness is I recognized the solo as it started. I was like, oh, oh, I'm going to settle in for this one. Because, you know, I told you how I was doing immersion. I finally, it's like, okay, I can't only listen to Spanish radio now. I'm going to go nuts if I, <laughs> if I, right. I got to try something else in, in this car. 
So I, you know, I went ahead and uh, flipped over to whatever rock station here. And I don't even remember anymore which which station was playing. It didn't matter. Uh, I heard that little siren call on the radio. I was like, oh, no, no. Oh, you're going to treat me, bro. And it was great, dude. Like, oh, my gosh. He's such a good guitar player. And we've seen him live, too. And that was a special thing to see him live, dude. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Watch that man play. You're like, oh, no. He's real. He's for real, for real. Like, you almost don't believe your own eyes. Yeah. I mean, these guys that that play in these metal bands, it's just, they're, they don't get, yeah, for some reason, they don't get the respect, I feel, that they deserve for their musicianship man even guys like zach wild you know um oh yeah i'll give you zach wild too i mean he is they're fantastic guitar players man it's just they get overlooked well i mean i don't know because a lot of them in their day weren't but i mean the culture's changed so much bro from you know metal yeah you know what i mean yeah the the age of the the big guitar players and the big bands just kind of fading away you know that's one of the reasons why i like uh avenge sevenfold so much because they kind of stick to that classic style of metal you know where you have the cool intro and the cool guitar solo and the you know what it is man it's the riffs yeah like there are some just awesome riffs in heavy metal man they really are it's just real the riffs got me hooked man and when you think about it, that's really what makes a great song is that r- the great riff that you can just hum, you know, that gets stuck in your head. The singable moment, the singable yeah. melody, man. It's so important in both guitar work and vocals and, and really any, any piece of music that's going to capture you and, and pull you in, melody. Yeah, like Slash, you can... You oh, can I was just thinking about Slash, dude. I, hadn't, I wasn't going to say his name. I wasn't going to say his name, but that's exactly the image I had in my head was his big baggy hair and his hat and, his, and, his, and, a, and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth with yeah, the you gold can, Gibson. You can, I'm the guitar solos. I mean, Sweet Child of Mine, come on, dude. <laughs> I know it's overplayed. I still love it, dude. I, I Super can't. melodic, man. Oh, my gosh. And that stuff, man, Velvet Revolver, dude. Oh, I love Velvet Revolver. Velvet man. You Revolver. They're on vocals. And... Can you get better than that? I don't know if you can make music better than that. I mean, you can match it, but I don't think you can improve upon their method. I mean, that's that, just some good stuff, dude. <laughs> they're one of my favorite. They're definitely one of my favorite bands, man. I just, because you got, you got the, the vocals, you know, like you love Scott Weiland from the Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, totally. You got, you got him in there and it's like, you get all that cool uh, musicality that, well, Stone Temple Pilots had some some musicality too. Um, they very but, much did, especially in the later albums too. When they, they really expanded their horizons, man. I love Stone Temple Pilots, STP. Yeah, for real. Um, but you know, you get that like kind of Guns and Roses feel, you know, with Duff McKagan on bass and Slash together, and that whole group is just. Very good, very talented. <laughs> Every single one of them, just astoundingly good musicians. And yet, they don't get in each other's way. It's like, yeah. no one really overpowered. Like, as a group, it was, it was um, the sum total was greater than the whole, even though all of them were giants. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way about um, the um, Chicken Foot with Hager yeah. and, and Joe Satriani and Chad Smith. Come on, man. <laughs> And um, 
Michael on, uh, I think it's, what's his last name? The bass player is the Van Halen bass player, I thought. At least I thought it was. Or was it? Van yeah, Halen? he is. Michael Anthony. Anthony. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, that's another one. It was like, you would not think that you put Joe Satriani in the lead. But then again, you, you have to recognize he's such a talented composer, musician, that of course he can fit like a perfect puzzle piece. But again, if you just listen to Joe Satriani's solo work, you would not think that it would sound so much like him and yet so different in the Chickenfoot stuff. Like, boy, you hear him wail. I mean, but then again, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. His hero was Jimi Hendrix, so duh. <laughs> right. But boy, that's a whole nother, like layer of Joe Satriani that just blew me away. That Like, this, that he does this too? Like, come on, man. It's unfair. Yeah. So I kind of... Um... I kind of had this mentality of, uh, I don't know if I was necessarily a guitar snob, but it's like there were a lot of bands that came up that just couldn't keep my attention as much because I, I was wanting the complexity and the musicianship just wasn't there for me, you know? I feel you. <laughs> I do, man. That's why I'd end up listening to some random, you know, stuff from the 80s or 90s or you know 70s or before that is because i i wanted that that musicality the the guitar playing is just like there's not a lot of people that are doing that in no i mean in bands there's a lot of it behind the scenes there's a lot of it there's a lot of it behind the scenes there's a lot of it that like we don't really know is going on cuz how many talented musicians are writing music for video games or, you know, there's so many studio musicians out there. Like we, there's a lot more good guitar work out there than I think we, we realize. Uh, uh, I keep mentioning his podcast, um, No Guitar Safe, Jude, Jude Law. Just uh, Jude Gold, Jude Law. That's my brain. Wow. But Jude, uh, but Jude does just a phenomenal job and he'll highlight these guitar players who don't get enough love that just, I don't know, man, I, I had a point with this and I lost it, but <laughs> I, I just, um, I really think that that musicianship that you're talking about, um, it's, it, I think it's, it's going to resurface in its own way in the new, you know, the new future. I don't know what you call it, that as the culture shifts and change, cause it's going to shift and change, man. The popular music that's quote popular now with the internet, that's sort of going away. Like, there's not going to be one popular thing. What right. I think is going to happen is we're going to see a blossoming of instrumentalists and musicians and, and all, of all different digital and acoustic styles that we're going to be exposed to as this thing continues to blossom. Because think, think about how many people that we don't know even exist, like that live across the world, that have access to the internet, that are musicians and <laughs> and and instrumentalists and of their own special variety because they come from a completely different part of the world, right? Right. We're going to start to get exposed to more of that. And I hope that music is that one thing that can bring us all together, brother. Like it really is. It's that one thing that everyone can, I mean, music is so ingrained into who we are. You know, Dana White likes to say that like fighting is part of our DNA, but, and I, I believe there's some truth in that, but I think music is part of our DNA. You know, I think music is, is innate in all of us, man. Even if those of us who aren't super great at singing or super great at an instrument like ha can have an appreciation for music, if the right song hits you, it hits you and knows how to push your emotional buttons, like that's, that is your inner musician talking to you. That's what that is, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I, I kind of feel like uh, it transcends even languages and cultures, like a, a, a fantastic melody or really good song. Like you have these these bands, you know, that tour the world and have fans all over the world because that's you know, for what sure. doing is it, it transcends even, you know, the language barrier. It really does. So it, it's like music is a universal language. That's like math. That, but more that everyone understands, yeah. <laughs> no offense, uh, Eric Weinstein. Uh, actually, Eric Weinstein, I'm saying the name wrong, uh, the famous mathematician slash uh, probably most likely the smartest man alive. He's got this podcast and he's kind of like put out a new theory of the reality. Anyway, you should look into it. He's pretty cool. Um, yeah, he's kind of like Einstein. He's, he's very, he's up there, dude. Like he's super, super smart. Uh, mm-hmm. He posted on his social media a day or two ago, dude plays guitar and he's not bad. Like he's a pretty solid finger picking player. And I was like, that's, this sounds good, man. Like I was, I can't believe that this guy plays guitar. I can't believe it. Like I can believe it. Of course he, cause he's a mathematician. So it makes sense to me. But he's, he sounds so serious in the way he talks all the time. Like, you would never think. But dang it, like, he's he's so, that's, it was so, it just brought the biggest smile on my face. So, like, I was excited about it. So I posted it, right? And I tagged him. And, you know, he's a big, famous guy. You know, I just tagged him just because it's him. People wouldn't, I want people to go to him and see who he is, right? And he responded to me on Instagram. And I was like, ah, oh, freaking out. Like, uh, this is an intellectual hero of mine, you know? And he's thanking me. Like, oh, you're so kind. I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> Like you're talking to me, you acknowledging my existence is is mind blowing, and uh, just and he was. It, what's cool is that music leveled us, and for a moment we were bros. Like he was like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> like uh, you know, I didn't realize what I was doing is called finger picking. I was like, "Well, I mean, as opposed to me, you know, plucking with a pick, which is how I generally like to play." So I consider that I, I would call that finger picking. And and hey, I love your podcast. Thanks. You know, right. just dude, it was. Uh, how cool was that? It made my, I don't know, made my whole month, dude, that, that that guy gave me any attention in his life. like for Or him, that you taught him something? That I taught him something, dude. Like, yeah, I didn't want to say that because it sounds super cocky, but yeah, dude. It, it just, it was so cool. Um, but music Let me ask do you that, this, brother. Man. Hopefully this isn't, uh, hopefully I didn't, well, did you have something else you wanted to finish or I didn't want to No, no, one. that, you, your timing's impeccable as usual. That was okay. the end of the story. Um, what is it about the guitar? Uh, there's like an aura. It just—it's <laughs> the coolest instrument, man. Have you ever seen a guitar string? Uh, uh, have you ever seen? Have you ever stuck a camera inside the bottom of an acoustic guitar, or seen someone who did this with their own? And then yeah, watch the, the strings. Yeah, yeah, I have. So that vibration that the camera is able to capture is what you're feeling with your own palms, the resonance in the wood as you play. Right. And that vibration, that resonance rings in your body, Ryan, like it actually does. Remember how we learned with that uh, very brilliant Japanese um, researcher who discovered, what was his name? The doctor that discovered how uh, sound affects water crystals. I'm so sorry, remember. doctor. I forget your name, sir. Brilliant man. Brilliant research. Go find, go YouTube, the search the YouTube for the video. Uh, just search for water crystals and, and uh, responding to music or something like that, or just how music affects water, and you'll find it. It's like a 20-something-minute video, something like that. But we learned how the sound of music will cause water to take different shapes. Incredible. Like, this is an actual real thing that they have discovered. 
and the sound of words the different words have different shapes and you would you would you wouldn't think this is real but like if it's a good word like a positive word it tends to be a beautiful little ice crystal that it creates if it's a negative word it tends to look like chaos on the screen so if you use a a, a mean word let's say um i don't know like anger or angry you see all kinds of weird like just very chaotic looking little images but if you say a word like love or or even jesus it just the image uh, well, Yahweh, I believe, is what they tested on. But the image that you see, uh, it's just, it's mind-blowing how beautiful these little for- patterns just form with these words because of the vibration. And that's the pattern that you are literally becoming one with when you pick up that guitar. Your body is vibrating at those frequencies in a very unique way that's unlike, say, the piano, which is a rhythmic instrument as well, but it's not, um, at least on a digital piano, I don't feel it the same way than, say, like a, an acoustic piano, because I can't, it's also being absorbed by the ground. Do you see what I'm saying? Whereas yeah. the guitar, you are the circuit. Like, there is nothing else between the, the vibration and, and the ground. It's like your body is what closes that circuit. So that, I don't know, maybe that's a weird way to, in the weeds... <laughs> analysis of it man but but that's i mean that's what i'm putting together man when i when you see these vibrations and you you understand their impact on the physical realm and you understand what harmonious rhythms and melodies and and vibrations can do think about what it makes you feel like when you play an upbeat fast like uplifting kind of a riff if you feel good don't you yeah to be able to control that to me is the same as like the the control the the creative power like when you can start creating sound like that is it that mystery is something that i can't i can't really stop looking away from man like it's never it's never been uninteresting to me this mystery of music man right and like i think of when i first started watching videos of of these guitar players and these bands playing live it just looked so um like so much fun like just to be you know creating this music together in that moment like you just saw the the excitement and the fun and the crowd getting into it and it's like there was nothing like that to me you know and you saw him up saw that band up there rocking out it was just like i want to be a part of that it looks like fun you know you know that feeling when someone else is playing an instrument and you're like, oh, I want to jump in. <laughs> like, can you, is there an instrument I could pick up? Can someone like, right. like, okay, you know, tap me in. I'm ready. Let me play now. I want to play. Like, let me just add a little rhythm here. Let me add a little melody. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> right. I, and that's the kind of music I want to listen to. It's like, after I listen to it, I want to go grab my guitar, you know? Oh yeah, dude. Cause it gets me so amped up. Isn't it a cool feeling to have to do the, what you just described, like that feeling, how you know you want to go grab the guitar, when it was like something you completely, like it was something completely unexpected. Um, like, for example, when you, even though I wasn't really going to go play blues, when you showed me, um, I'm going to space his name again, but that blues player, um, King Tone, King, Kingfish? Kingfish. Kingfish. Yeah. So Kingfish, so expressive, so soulful. It made me want to go grab my guitar. Maybe want to go grab my keyboard and like I do grab my keyboard. <laughs> it made me want to like, 
you know, go play. Even though I can't reproduce what he's doing, what I was able to gather was a little of his magic in terms of the expressive, like his feel. Like you can, you know how you can tell when someone is feeling those notes as they're coming out? Like yeah. when you see him solo on the spot, you go, oh, that's on the spot. Uh, so that, like that expressive sort of like emotional uh, punch that he puts in every single note, I go, oh, I see what he's doing there. And it's it's a combination of the way he's moving his body and the way he's holding his hands and the way that he's strumming and the way he's picking and the way he's moving his left hand. You know, so like you capture some of that, even if I can't go play and reproduce the kind of music, say, he can do. And good good musicians, good music will do that to you, Ryan. Like it'll just, it just makes you want to go play, man. And that's that's all I'll do for hours is just go play. Yeah, and it's the uh, everything that's going on there, um, to for that moment to be created, like it's there's a lot, there's so much complexity to that, you know, because it's you're not only talking about what kind of guitar you're playing, but it's like where's the volume knob at, where's the tone knob at, which pickup do you have it switched to, what kind of amp are you using, what kind of pedals are you using. Um, yeah. Are you playing with a pick or without a pick? Like, how much pressure are you putting on the note? You know, it's there's just so many things that go into that. It's like you realize how much of an art it is. You can't. There's an art in the way you hit every note, like the way you strike it. You know, with your right hand. A real, you know how- a real master musician can can wow you like that on just about any instrument really that's the thing yeah the guitar special don't get me wrong but you know i'll I'll switch gears and you talk about say one of my favorite harmonica players right john papa a popper excuse me papa (laughs) john popper um the you know blues traveler right singer he's a guitar player and stuff too but like he's a harmonica player and boy doesn't that just like blow your mind open and like create a whole new respect for this whole new instrument right like like I've never heard guitar. I mean, I've never heard harmonica played that way. Um, but yeah, when yeah, you- for me too, I agree with that. Like I, I was telling you, Stevie Wonder is one of my oh, yeah. favorite musicians and um, composers. I guess I would call him a composer. Yeah. Oh, okay. you hear him on the harmonica. He <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how he's able to to add that emotion and just him on the on the synthesizers and everything, even on the drums, like what he does. Is just, There's nothing, I don't know, like talk about a, a Swiss army knife type of musician. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I, man, I, you stumped me, dude. Like when you, when you throw out Stevie Wonder, it's like the trump card, bro. Like I, can you think of a more apt like musician for what we're trying to, when we talk about complexity, man, <laughs> he is, he is something special, dude. He is something really yeah. special. I, I don't know if I've ever heard a Stevie Wonder song that didn't make me want to stop and stop what I was doing and listen. Yeah, the guy, he can sing, he can... He lives up he to his namesake. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really it's apt. Is. It's like, oh, Stevie aptly named Wonder. <laughs> yeah. For real, man. So, you know, I think you... um you reach a certain maturity as a, a musician, regardless of what instrument you play, um, that you will pre- appreciate a great musician, a great composer when you when you hear it. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you have this like natural respect for it. 
So I, I know, agree. Like, uh, even like Yo-Yo Ma, you know, he will stop me. Yeah, uh, he's a good one too. I, I have to listen to that cello, you know, it's just, hmm. he's amazing, you know? So, you know, I felt that way. It's silly, but you talk about other instruments, right? But there were some, they were instrumentalists that I knew growing up, like that were in my, the junior high school and high school band. And I would be spellbound when they play. Like, cause you know, you get a chance to hear your other musician friends play and, you know, and I'm talking like instruments like the clarinet, the bassoon, the trumpet, the French horn even. When you hear a master, like someone who's been doing it for years, knows how to make it sound the way that instrument should sound, and then can do something, their own like little take on it, it just, it, it, I don't know, man, just spellbound. It gets me spellbound. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, you know, it, I have so many of those memories, dude, in like those back band room practice rooms of you know, learning and exploring and hearing music and, you know, hearing other really good... Mu- I was surrounded by over a hundred different excellent musicians at all times. And I was in this little town and I didn't even mention this part of my, my origin story, but it's got me thinking about it, bro. The the little town in Clovis, New Mexico at the time, <laughs> there's nothing there, dude. There's nothing in that town but football and music. That's it. So if you're a teenager and you want to do something and you're not, a, and you're not an athlete... You know, you're going to gravitate probably to the arts or, you know, let's say, you know, or, or, you know, music. And for me, it was band, dude. And, and that was a very special music program uh, that was high caliber, high caliber uh, people that were in the band and high caliber leaders and high, I mean, just high caliber. Right. So I didn't realize at the time that I was getting a top notch band education that I could have. It's comparable on the level of a college collegiate education in terms of the quality of the, the instruction. Um, so I was very fortunate, dude. Like I was so fortunate and I, I had top quality instruction from, uh, you know, the time I was basically nine, I got, after I, you know, got my lessons that I convinced my parents to give, <laughs> to let me have, I should say, uh, when we moved, we got stationed to, in California, I got a private teacher at that point cause they saw I was serious. So they kept paying for it. And so they, you know, they, I was able to continue lessons up through, I was probably 16. I, I was playing the piano every day for multiple hours a day um, for many years. Like, it was basically all I did was the piano. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, so um, we didn't, we kind of touched on a lot of subject matter of our own little origin, but we, we like, we've, we've reminisced some, but we didn't like kind of put it together. But I don't know if we want to put a timeline to it or just like I remember how we, we met through, you know, a church institution, right? We, we met the church and... We, I thought you were cool, dude. Like you and you and uh, our buddy Johnny, right? The dentist who we've we've featured on a podcast before. Um, but like, it wasn't until we learned about the guitar that we both played that just like something happened, man. What was it like for you? Um, I, I just have to mention this because you were talking about being in the the school band. Yeah, yeah, okay. And. Uh, I was just thinking as you were talking, like I was, I was like, screw, screw the band, screw the orchestra. <laughs> I don't want to. They don't. They don't want the guitar in there. You know, there's like no room for. I guitar. never understood like, that. Well, that. jazz band. There was a guitar playing jazz. I played. Yeah, but play bass. I, jazz I wasn't gonna play jazz at that time. You know, being in heavy metal, I'm like, screw this. You know, like I want to. I want to rock out. <laughs> you know, that's great. But uh, yeah, we just. 
I don't even know how it came about. Was it was it Johnny that invited you over? That that one time to, to play or it had to be Johnny. It had to be Johnny that brought us together. I'm pretty sure because I was like, yeah. you know, you were too aloof for me, man. At first, like I, I, you were too cool for school. I didn't think we were going to be friends or anything. I thought Johnny was going to be my best bud forever. <laughs> <laughs> he totally is though. He's he is that guy. He is that guy. Will be your best bud forever. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate to have him in my life at the time I met him. But you, man, I wasn't. I really wasn't sure about you, man. <laughs> and not all the way. I thought you were cool, but like I didn't. I didn't think that you would ultimately become one of my closest friends. Like I, I, I don't know, man. Johnny, Johnny connected us, and and you know, dude, it just it was written the stars, brother. Like as soon as we played guitar together the first time, remember, it's like you play this little riff. I'm like, go back, do that again. Wait, what was yeah. that again? Ah, do that again. Yeah, it was because we 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 were playing like together but it wasn't you know it wasn't necessarily the most sophisticated uh no stuff and then um johnny i I remember he went downstairs for some reason and uh we're like well and i was like well uh why don't you why don't you play some for me you know and you just started you know playing um what song was that i don't even remember what it's called now can you remember the melody um, can make you helmet. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't remember. I don't remember what that song was called. Did it have lyrics? Um, my mouth is tingling numb. Oh, that's the my addiction song. Yeah, we yeah, recorded addiction. that. Right, right, we right, recorded right. that actually. We've never released right, that one. Right. So you started playing super secret that, song, the, the rhythm part of that, and you're like, here's the um. And I just started, you know, just kind of just improvising a lead over it. And you're like, whoa, what was that? You know, <laughs> do that again. I'm like, what, this? And you're like, yeah. Please repeat. That was cool. And <laughs> that was it, man, you know. It was this that one. Was, that was it. Yeah. I just love the slow intro. Oh, this one has a build to it as well. Austin's such a talented drummer. This this drummer, Austin. I love what he came up with. Anyway, um, the one thing yeah, about the, I like the. <laughs> The one reason why this song is never, ever, I've never actually, some of my family members have heard it, like I've, I've given them the album so they can hear it. I've never actually on, in public, released that song because we never actually finished mastering the album. And one thing that happened all these years ago was the lead solo part got sort of tucked under the volume knob, sort of, so to speak, on the lead was turned way down. So if you listen to this recording, you can sort of hear your lead part way in the background. You have to really be listening for it where it should be blaring, right? When the solo hits, but it was just because we were in the middle of mixing. We were trying to listen to other instruments and we were moving stuff around and I've never gone back and it's in a specific program that I currently don't have the program. So like I need to either, I have the files. I I need to figure with the, with the regular computer, this song can be lovingly restored and then you can hear Ryan's sweet lick. Cause dude, that's one of my favorite ever like, solo stuff riff stuff you did to that 
to that song, man. I freaking love it, dude. Like it's one of my favorites, dude. Yeah, that song was fun to play. Um, I I don't really know that I necessarily have a favorite song that we did. Like, do you have one? Um, <laughs> you had to pick one that was your favorite out of all the ones that we collaborated it's, on. Isn't that the one? You try, you try, and <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's inside joke. No, um, well, my favorite <laughs> one to just play for fun is the one that we keep calling Jimmy that we've never recorded. That's yeah. super flamboyant and very yeah. That was just, that was fun. That's probably the funnest one to actually play live in front of a group of people because we did that with the drummer once and it was amazing. Um, but <laughs> but the the uh, in terms of ones that we recorded, um, it's probably going to be a toss up between like four or five. <laughs> <laughs> like I like uh, inside the sound is up there for me. There's a song called Turn. Um, turn man I don't I don't know what it was about turn like I I just it's a three chord song it's classic I love this thing is timeless I love this song it's the last one on the little EP we did that one got finished didn't it yes it sure did Um, in fact I'm playing the wrong version that's the unfinished version here's the finished version (laughs) You, did you really recognize that that was the unfinished version that easily? Here. But instead, let me go back to the solo. Oh, no, that's not it. That's the break. Hold on. There's a solo. There, that's what I want to show people. That's a good one, man. That gets me. So that one, and then behind the lines. You remember this one, right? Oh, gee, I completely forgot about that. Well, if that doesn't get your blood pumping. I completely forgot about that song. Dude, the bass part you came up with on this one, bro. Dude, you wrote the bass for this. Did you do that? Did Larry do it? No, I recorded it. You you came up with the part, and I record. I Larry did something. I don't remember what he did. He he's he's on the album somewhere, but I don't remember. I did most of that the baseline. Work. I remember. I think that baseline got recorded when when I wasn't able to make it to the studio. Yeah, that was me. And uh, I heard that bass, and I'm like. Who did that? It's freaking awesome. That was me, but like, I'm saying... And I could have sworn you said Larry did it. No, no, no. Larry did... He did some of it, but I did I did the other... I did the rest of it. Like, there was a lick I couldn't do, and he just did it. Like, we, let's get this over and move on. But, like, so Larry, Larry's definitely on both my solo album and on this one very subtly. Like, he, he added a little flavor with his own hands once or twice. But most of it is me. But yeah, you wrote, but you wrote that part though, and I played it. The bass line? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you wrote it. I, I recorded it on a day you weren't there, but I'm pretty sure you wrote it. 
I'm almost I positive. I don't think I did because I, I, I embellished it, but you wrote it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I and don't then, remember that. And then this one, bro, of course. How can you not love death? I, I, dude, I can't even remember. I probably wouldn't even know the name of off if you asked me to. The only song where I've ever actually recorded screaming. It kind of bugs me that you didn't leave that clean guitar intro on there. Well, I thought it added a like a different layer to the song. That was kind of cool. But. It a song is never really done, right? I I liked this edit because it it shortened the song a bit, got it under four minutes, and it really made the most sense as a as a little. I don't know. I like what we ended up doing with it, but I still like the alternate version that started with the slower kind of. Um, you're describing this thing. Started with the drums. Yeah, why did you take that out? That volume swell into the distortion. I gotta give it to you. It sounds great. It holds up well. Um, but it was forty minutes, or forty minutes, ha, huh, forty seconds of the song, and it, and it made the song four and a half minutes. So, you know, at the time, Who cares? <laughs> okay. But again, you gotta understand that at the time, I was just, I wanted it under four minutes. Larry suggested it, and I liked the suggestion. I like what he ended up doing with it. Um, but you know, we, we don't always agree on every decision on everything. I mean. Um, no. that's part of the back and forth of writing music. And, and I actually appreciate the times we disagree because you know what, Ryan, when we disagree on something musically, if it's really important, you don't give it up. Like, you know, when to give up and when to back off. Like I trust your gut. So like, I know yeah. that when you, you won't drop the issue and it's, it's, you know, no man, it really, I look, look, I understand the direction you want in your vision and I'm not trying to mess with your vision, but you got to hear it this way. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's not like you will fight me or anything on it, but you, you know when to push and when to back off. I think is a better way for me to say it, musically speaking. And with your opinions, you, um, and it's what's happened in, within those say call them clashes or disagreements or whatever you call them, is uh, a blossoming of understanding. I think between the two of us, but also musically, I think it widened both of our horizons to disagree with each other. Frankly, yeah, on that one, I would definitely have to to say that. That I like that clean intro. <laughs> he never gives it up, folks. Years <laughs> later, he's still making edits. <laughs> he can't, can't let it go. I tried to be gracious can't. about it, and he can't let it go. <laughs> no, you can't tell me that it wasn't better before that got cut out. You like the intro. You honestly, I agree. You can honestly say it's not. It's. It, I wrote the intro. I played the intro right, on the track. Right. So yes, yeah, I know. I'm a little biased. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I do like it. That alternate. You were wrong, right. Larry. I've proven you wrong. No, I mean, <laughs> dude, that was such well, a fun he, experience. He's the one. Yeah, I mean, he's the the one with experience. But just just for me and my taste, I I don't care if 40 seconds is there because I, I like that for 40 seconds. Well, I think, 
I think I was still being affected by how I thought music should be written from other people's perspectives for it to be, say, successful or popular. I definitely fell into that trap of, it's not that I wrote music for others, but I limited my scope. You edited yourself I to did try edit to conform myself. to what you thought was going to be successful. I simplified a lot of things. Like I made things very, I don't want to say simplified, because simplified actually is a good thing. <laughs> Sometimes I'm too complex, but I, 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 I would say, yeah, narrowed my scope. Yeah, in terms of what I was open to. Kind of like cutting my guitar solo out of behind the lines. You really got to get over that, bro. That was Larry's decision. <laughs> and I, I kind of, with the flow of the song, it makes sense, folks. It really did. It I mean, sense. I could have I could have re-recorded it. I know no, you got, you, it well, was we were limited flat. in time. But we didn't have the money. And Larry's a great guy, but, you know, he's got to make a limit, and I had to pay him. So, and you It was not, a little flat, that guitar solo. I mean, I could have re-recorded flat, it. Man, a little bit. I mean, you've done better. It's not your best work, Ryan. I don't want to judge you. <laughs> <laughs> Cut out for a reason to spare your embarrassment. <laughs> I don't mean that. It just kind of, uh, it doesn't feel right to have a song without a guitar solo in it, you know? Hey, I've, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It, it belongs in there. Um, at the same time, though, I really appreciate your flexibility. <laughs> And well, flexibility of doing something when I'm not around. You know? <laughs> you know what? It's not my fault you couldn't make it up to the studio. It was a long drive. <laughs> but, you know, we can we can sort of carry uh, – I mean, we got off topic with, say, the origin thing. But why don't we talk a little about um, the future because, you know, we're going to do an album this month. Um, and I don't know if we're going to have all like million songs recorded, but at least some of these songs are going to start to trickle out and get released. And I'm yeah. really excited for the. I think um, I think I'm already surprising myself in what I'm able to write and what I'm capable of recording just with my basic equipment. I learned a lot uh, over these last few years that I wasn't writing music. I was still learning. I was still observing. I was still like listening and and still tweaking things. And I'm sort of at a point now where. Um, except for the drums, dude. We got to figure out the drums. <laughs> I, I got a lot of like program drums that are going to work really well, and I've got. Um, I've got a drummer lined up, so I just need to actually his drum set would not fit into my into the studio. My studio is a little too small for that, so I, I I hopefully he's got it set up somewhere. But he's a professional; he probably does. But yeah, man, I'm gonna probably record the drums remote, but everything else is gonna be recorded now in Manhigh Project Studios. Man, I'm I'm dude. I'm well, so it will be. Uh, it'll be kind of cool to let some of that stuff we did and recorded back in the day out, and also to write new music for the first time together and i can't tell you how many years brother it's gonna be fun you know i'm looking forward to it like nothing else like starting monday hopefully you know absolutely dude um, um it is gonna be good to let some of these songs that never really got a fair shake in the light of day let some of them out and to be able to you know come up with new stuff and and ryan you know we've talked about this privately many times how important it is for me to to put something positive out there you know um Right. There's just so much out there in the world that it's kind of cray-cray and negative, and we just really believe in the power, like the positive power of music, man. Uh, you know, I just, I'm excited to just dip my toes back into that deep, deep well and, and you know, maybe bring something bring something back that's worthwhile. So, I don't know if Dip well, this is my, right this now. Is my last, this is my last thought here before we uh, follow up rap on this is, um, I remember uh, telling you that 
when we're playing music, even when I'm just playing the guitar, for those moments in time, I'm not thinking about anything else. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing music, and that escape to to just feel all the the negativity and all the stress and all the the weirdness of of life to just fade away and you're just stuck in that moment where you're creating something like that is, that is something that I think everyone should experience somehow, even if it's not necessarily through music, but, um, you know, that, that feeling is something special and, uh, everyone who, who listens to this, who has, who's taken part in that creation process or that even just plays in a cover band, it's just, that moment when you're making music, uh, it's like nothing else matters, you know? You know what it feels like to me, Ryan? Like freedom. Yeah. I'm the most free when, I'm, when I've got an instrument in my hands or I'm singing or I'm writing something new or I'm playing a cover. That's it, yeah. man. I'm the most Yeah, you do. you do feel that sense of freedom there. That's true. That's great, brother. I mean, I agree with you. Hundred percent in regards to to your perspective there. However, not with your regards on that solo. I really think that the song. I know you said it should have the guitar solo behind the lens. I just, you know, it just it may. If you just listen to it with an open heart, Ryan, you'll understand that not all solos need to be as long. I mean, we'll talk about it later. That um, was a very short. That was one of the shortest solos I ever. <laughs> but the song was long. Fine, I did say solo long. Again, the long song. <laughs> what are you trying to be a pop star or something uh, with well, the two minutes? Song, I was, you know, I like, think, yeah, you know what, hey, that's, I know you were, you said wrap up, but I did sort of touch on that, and, and I think that, that was a hindrance to my expression, for sure, right, and um, I don't suffer from that anymore, I think some of the songs that, that, well, I'll just say some of the songs that folks will hear from us will be shorter, but if they need to be, and the ones that need to be longer are going to be longer, I'm, I'm not going to restrict myself now, and, or narrow that scope, I'm just, I'm going to let each song sort of write itself, and boy, it's spooky when you do that, brother, like, you reach a certain level of mastery and certain level of melody and rhythm and, and all right, okay, you know, whatever mother music or whatever you are, universe or God, whatever it is that I, wherever this inspiration comes from that I have, right? I'm like, okay, show me what I need to do. And well, one thing that you can do is not tie one hand behind my back and, uh, <laughs> you know, wait, when am I, when am I doing that? Am I tying your hand behind you? I got rain all over my parade and, I do that a lot. Don't delete, I? you know, delete my parts and talk over you, interrupt um, your stories. You put up with it though. How do you still put up with all these years yeah, later, de- brother? Delete my parts when I'm not in the studio. Can you, you know? understand that sometimes having that grander vision, being being the composer, like you understand? I grew up again worshiping these composers and how they orchestrate things. Sometimes those decisions have to be made, and we don't like those decisions, but you know, sometimes we have to make them and to, to make the world a little slightly better place. You know. Uh, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> it's but you know what? Twenty minutes ago, talking about the reason why I love heavy metal so much was the orchestration, <laughs> everything going on with the music. And I felt like I tried to add that in, and you wanted to basically you, would you take it, the, and throw it in the garbage. Did you see the meme that I posted on social media recently? It's a little Batman flavored meme, so I thought you might catch it and watch it. But did you watch my story? I don't, uh, I don't pay attention to anything anyway. Let's point else puts out. Well, you know, it's just I post a little <laughs> funny picture, true. 
And, and, you know, I just, it happened to reference Batman characters, but you know, it just, I said, what working with musicians are like, and, and basically the, the gist of it is the, the characters been in love with himself. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> just... Yeah. I, I, I wish that weren't true. You know, it's like the two boxes. That's why we're doing this, right? For me, number one, I get to talk about music and guitar, heavy metal, you know, just things that I love. So I checked that box, and I also get to talk a lot about myself. Would you say I'm your favorite keyboardist, like like piano player? If you had, to, I mean, I'm not your favorite guitar player necessarily, but am I your favorite keyboard player? Can you name another keyboard player that you like better than me? As far as what? As far as any keyboard player, name one that you like better than me. Keyboard player? Yes, exactly. Piano player, pianist, or keyboard player? Um, Anybody? Jordan Rudess. How dare you! I love Jordan. <laughs> That's you can actually that doesn't offend me at all. <laughs> Jordan's Jordan is whoo, he's good. He's so good. Okay. You know, here's the thing about that though. Some of the the really cool uh keyboards they're done in a studio. Like I don't know who did them. Like I don't know. I didn't it's like true. some of these heavy metal bands that have the the keyboard and the piano parts. I'm like I don't know who played that. Well, I don't think the guys in the band play the some, piano. No, dude, not necessarily. Sometimes it's a studio musician, but sometimes these yeah. guys play piano. I mean, the, the, a lot of these dudes are, especially in the metal sphere, a lot more of them are classically trained that would necessarily admit on first pass. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a heavy, heavy classical influence in that sphere. And, <laughs> you know, you play the piano like me, playing a Bach and You like how you loved me that you, you like threw that strike right down the... <laughs> Center of the plate, and you thought I was just gonna smash it out of the park, you know? I really, I really did uh, expect you to. I, I thought if there was anyone that would come to your mind, it would be his name. And I, again, like, I wouldn't be offended by it because, you know, I like him too. <laughs> so he's good. You're good, man. So well, I don't, I wouldn't expect you to say that I'm your favorite guitar player. I mean, for goodness sake. No, you're not. You're not my favorite ever. <laughs> exactly. It has to be Kevin Cadigan. <laughs> Has to be Kevin. Although if we had a guitar battle, I I don't know if he could overwhelm me necessarily. But I, you would make beautiful music together. That's rude. I don't. I probably don't even, would. Yeah, he probably would. Ah, man, give me like. Can you just give me before I die somewhere sometime? Can I have like two hours in the studio room with just me and Kevin and play one like write a song together or something? Like that's on the bucket list, man. Like. <laughs> One of these days, man, I'm going to convince that gentleman to, to write a song with me. I don't know. Just he's my hero. Like, I absolutely love the way his guitar mind works, dude. Just love it. Yeah, there's Musical some people. Mind. Whatever. There's some, when I listen to it, it just blows my mind. You know, some <sighs> of the things that people do. Which... But you're up there. I'd say you're top five, man. That's fair. That's a fair yeah, assessment. Right. You're top five guitar yeah. player of all time. For me? Yeah, right. No, I can name him because I can name him. I'm them. not even my... I'm not even in my own top five. I wouldn't put I you in my music my if you weren't in top five, bro. Like, you would not be welcome back into my musical world <laughs> this late in my life if you weren't really good, man. Like, I mean, in practice, you'll get your chops up. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like, no, I mean, I Kevin, uh, Joe Satriani is going to be up there for me. Um, another favorite guitar player has to be Tom Morello. I can't not talk about guitar and not talk about Tom Morello. Yeah, he's awesome. I had to, like, specifically place his name in this podcast or I would be creating an unpartable sin. Love Tom Morello's guitar work. Um, so I don't even know if I can. Can I name five <laughs> that are that like the most influential on me personally? So like, uh, you know, yeah, you're in there. So you, Joe Satriani, Kevin, Tom Morello, 
And, you know, number five would just probably have to be, um, wow, it's that number five gets a lot harder to pick, man. Cause like then that gets me, starts me thinking about like say red hot chili peppers or, or, uh, Tim from, um, from 311 and, uh, just, there's so many more guitar plays to fill that fifth slot. So well, there's, there's guys that we, um, I mean, if we're going to, going to be naming off names, you know, you got, uh, that we haven't done so far. Um, Eric Johnson, I think really has to, Oh, Eric's good too. He has to be out there. Uh, John Pachucci definitely has to be out there. Paul Gilbert. I'm just going to throw out Paul's name. Dude, there's something about, I got to apply. just, you cannot say Paul's name and not invoke the song. Hold on. Ingve Malmsteen. Oh, Inge. Good old Ingve. With that Fender guitar of his. But it's this song. It's on the album. This is on the album Silence, followed by a deafening roar. And this is called Bronx 1971. He definitely has a distinct sound. I feel that in my bones, dude. Like, I just... You can't... When you hear it, you know it's... It's undeniable. Steve Vai. Oh, man, Steve Vai. How could we not talk about Steve Vai? Oh, my gosh. Talk about sins. Steve freaking (laughs) Vai, man. That wild man. Have you seen that man play a double neck guitar? Like, (laughs) what am I watching? What is this man? What is up with that face he makes? What is up with that fan that he always has to have blowing his beautiful, luscious hair every time he plays? I, I would got to mention Marty Friedman. Oh, Marty Friedman. I'll give you that one, too. Uh, I'm racking my brain here. I'm on the spot. Uh, I thought you were a big Slash fan, no? Slash, yeah. We mentioned him, though. Yeah, we did mention him. That's true. You sort of like embody Slash. Sometimes I think... I wonder if it's like Slash is woken up in your body. <laughs> Sometimes the way you, you'll. I guess he. I you could beat him for Halloween. Probably, I'll say. Oh, uh, David Gilmore, man. Okay. From uh, Pink Floyd, that guy's yeah amazing. Boy, Jimmy Page. Uh, Jimmy Page. We talked about Led Zeppelin earlier. Yeah, um, um, but Jimmy Page is just, I mean, a giant, and um, Angus from. You know, I threw out ACDC earlier, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure, dude. Some great ones. There, there's, yeah, I would, it would be hard to make a top 10 list, man. It really would. It'd be really hard. Yeah, because, you know, I threw off the ones that I, I like, which are not the traditional, like a lot of people's top 10 lists do not include my favorite guitar players, and I like that about my list. That's one of the things. But when you start expanding that list and talking about the other players, like there's so many good guitar players, dude, like, um, I well, really, the, the, their heads are in the clouds. These guys, you know, like yeah, dude. I really they're just on another level, man. I hope that we won't go so digital as a culture that we forget like guys and, and gals like this. I mean, I think I don't think we did enough justice to maybe some female guitar players. Like Khaki King is one that like gets me blows my freaking mind, dude. Khaki King, the her acoustic playing and stuff. Yeah, I just uh, so so good, and and you talk about the complexity and the layering and all those things that like just nobody does like her, nobody, nobody at all. Um, yeah, and 
you know, there's a lot of a lot of musicians that we could we could spend hours naming a lot of them, name dropping. <laughs> yeah. You know, influences and and man, it just keeps going, dude. Um I really enjoyed this, dude. Thank you for giving me the, the time tonight to have this conversation, bro, because there's nothing better. I love talking about uh, you know, music and well, you know, my other favorite yourself. Music. Me. Yeah, absolutely. I am one of my favorite musicians, I will say that. And uh <laughs> you know, you that's you even you even cut your own guitar part out of a song. I was proud of that, you know? Wait, which song did I, I do pr- that? I've done that many times. <laughs> which one are you referring yeah. to, though? No, I was proud of the fact that you did that, even though I personally think it was better with it in there. Maybe we should we should probably, you know, you should put that audio up next time. You know, like good, good or you can put it after the fact. I don't know. What, which of this, these songs that we're talking about? A and B? It, you yeah, mean, or, yeah. Like show both options and see who likes best? Yeah. I think people people will agree with me that the <laughs> well, you might be right. I, I I don't know Ryan, but I will definitely uh, post something. I mean, well, one thing we're gonna do we just said that we we did say this earlier in the podcast, but we're gonna get old songs re released, and uh, I I'm not confident. It's like my addiction. I think is one of the only ones that I wouldn't release just because it's it's not like the the, the lead is completely buried. It, it's not listenable. Um, but the other ones, like we, most everything else we recorded can be released. I mean, I, I have no problem with either version getting out there. So, you know, we can have the listeners vote. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm actually really excited about the new music too, man. I've talked about it several times. I, I do like, I can't wait to get back because I've what I've done is a lot of the work I've done in the past. I've I've really really focused on the guitar work for many years. And it's like kind of having one hand behind my back. Now you're turning back on you're turning your back on the guitar and pretending like you never were a guitar. I'm a competent guitar player. I'm very. You're good. putting on this putting on this fake act that you're really a piano player. And but I'm shun the guitar all of a sudden. You know. I am way more expressive on the keys, brother. Like I'm just. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm more connected to the keys. I don't agree. All the synthy riffs I like to do. I like to live in a video game in my own head. So like that comes out with my fingertips on the, on the, you know, maybe my opinion would change if I could find a good synth effect for, you know, they make synth guitar effects. I could just I purchase say, a I, I really do. I really do like the territory that we're going to venture into here. It's not necessarily something I've ever done before. So yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see. It's sort of like a little musical puzzle I'm going to throw your way. And I'm, I'm yeah. really interested to see what little surprises you're going to come up with. Well, it should be fun, you know? It should it's be fun. It's going to be a blast, brother. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I think we can call this. This is a solid, solid, almost two hours we've been chatting, bro. I didn't think we were going to get two hours in. No, that's not true. You, know, you can I talk about, uh, before we, <laughs> and you can talk about uh, how you screwed me over when I wasn't around in the studio. and. like. <laughs> You know, basically, some of these things gotta uh, let go, brother. It's been years. Took the uh, creative license and just, you know, you ran me off the road in your semi. You get you get a chance this time to redeem yourself and come up with better guitar parts. <laughs> redeem myself that I can keep on the record. Redeem myself, huh? <laughs> you got a chance. That's a, I'm open minded. That's a notion there. I'm open minded. Oh, you were open-minded to play past the twelfth fret. So. I I promise you that there is room for me to play past the twelfth fret on this album, <laughs> and I have been practicing. In fact, so 
If you want to do like t- dual guitar solos, I'm down, man. Maybe you should probably play your guitar solo for people, you know? That makes me a little nervous sometimes. I still am a little self-conscious about guitar solos in front of people. Wait, your guitar solo? Yeah. Why? I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. I'm self-conscious. The, the one that I was surprised, man, that, that day you're like, I came up with a solo for Talking this about song. this time? Um, no, um... Time and time again. What is it called? Beautiful. I don't. Uh, that one's called Tell Me. Tell Me. You you called it time and time again when you first wrote it. That's right? true. I changed the. I after I went to the studio, the name changed because the lyrics changed a bit and the melody changed a bit, so it just suited the song better. You're talking about this though. Uh, yeah, I remember. I, remember is, I channeled that. my best Kevin Cadigan for this one for sure. Wait, let me find it. Sorry. I didn't like. It's after this little part, sorry. So that, oh my gosh, can I ever stop singing? Where's the guitar? <laughs> you tell me I'm asleep. Don't tell me now. Like a little pinch in there, that harmonic. Were you trying to see how slow you could play that? I don't. Yeah, the the version that ended up on the recording was much slower. The one that you got yeah, used to playing know. was way more upbeat. Could you play that again? I fell asleep halfway through that thing. Here's the one. Here's the one that I was the most proud of, though. Like, no, if you want to talk I, I, solo, <laughs> this is from another song called "This Time." Now you got to be doing. I'm going to do it again. Oh, right, they got the woes. Here we go. We played this on the radio. I got this played on FM radio one time, and they cut the song right before their solo hits. Like, they got the pre-solo, this thing. Here we go. Here's the solo. All right, so that's. I like you, the other one better. I like this time a little better than the other one. I know I was giving you a, a hard time, but no, that's I, a huge compliment. You, chain, that you like the I, other one. I, I really do like the other one better. I, I, uh, I like the the, the melodic uh, nature of it. Like I think you really picked the right notes for that one. I appreciate that, man. And I, I definitely, boy, if any guitar player ever influenced me more than Kevin Cadigan, man, I, I channeled my my most sincere inner Kevin for both of those. But that was like. At the time, that that was a huge stretch for me. Like those two solos were at the limit of my abilities, and I captured them on audio. And it took multiple takes. Like I, that was not an on the cuff thing. Like you're, I. It takes me, you know, fifty to a hundred takes to reproduce 
what some of your licks were on the second take or the first take. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure one of the solos I played of yours were first take solos. Like, I'm pretty sure it was the one that was wow, now, 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 like that. Uh, I think it was on turn. Oh, no, this time. Or, gosh, not this time. Sorry. I mixed them all up. Inside the sound. That the the first breakdown into the second. That was all first take, man. Pretty sure that was first take, bro. So, so yeah, I mean, so I appreciate. I have a a level of understanding of how you play guitar, but I'm not on that same level. No, I mean, I I um I just these days I disagree with you. I don't I don't know why you don't. Because I I don't know. I'm not quite as on the spot with the guitar like I am. Like if if you told me a key of music and you gave me a beat a rhythm. There is no key of music that I'm not confident I can I can riff off a solo, and you know you can even throw me some Eastern sounding. I, there's different like Arabic scales and things. like throw one at me, bro. Like I, I can handle it. Like on the piano, I can handle just about any little soloing you want to you want me to do. On the guitar, I don't I don't quite have that. Um, I'm still in the way of the instrument. You know how you say you're fighting the instrument? There's still a little bit of that little crust left over in my playing for sure. I'm not quite there at that level you know what i would compare myself to so i'm not a jedi master i'm like a jedi knight when it comes to the guitar i'm very competent i'm extremely talented but i my level of mastery is not the same as it is on the piano in my I, opinion i thought that uh your playing was was pretty good man i i don't know like like you took the guitar part out of that song which i liked <laughs> probably better than what you better than piano part well, you know, you because your your guitar your 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 perspective is colored by the fact that you're a guitarist, Ryan. Everything. No, is, it's not. Yes, it is, man. You love guitar. If the it's piano sounded, if the piano part sounded better, I would say that. You know, like I don't, I don't mm. listen to Van Halen jump and be like, I don't know why he put that keyboard at the beginning. <laughs> you know? I'll give. That's a fair. You know what? That makes me laugh because it's true. You have respected jump, and I appreciate that. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've never disrespected Jump, so okay. Yeah, man. Um, da, 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 nah, man, I want to hear that. <laughs> I love that riff. Too. Do you like that song? I love that song. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one you of my favorite Van Halen songs. Word worlds there. Why man. do you think I love it? <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. That's a good one. That's probably one. <laughs> it's that's not the that's not everyone's first choice for their favorite Van Halen song. It's probably my favorite Van Halen song. Yeah. I don't even think I could pick a Van favorite Van Halen song, man. That's hard. Well, you have you you have way more intimate knowledge of their catalog than I do, man. I mean, I love them. Don't get me wrong; they're great. But I you you've spent many hours listening to them that I have not invested. Yeah. I've listened yeah. to some, and I've never not liked what I've heard. I mean, they're just the time in the world, man. Like maybe maybe I'll get the chance in, in the eternities to listen to all the music I want to listen to, man. But it just never ends, dude. Like there's always something to listen to. It's always something new <laughs> or something old to go back to and learn from. Well, we better cut ourselves off here. Otherwise, we're going to be talking all night. You know, it's not even like two hours yet. We still managed to to, to cut oh, this up. Yeah. This is one hour, 49 minutes still. Oh, that's not, that's actually pretty uh, reasonable, huh? I would agree, considering we already talked about six hours today. <laughs> one on one, <laughs> dude. Um, I I didn't think that we had it in us to go two hours uh, at the end of the day, but boy, we've done a lot of work. So is, there today, a, is there anything that uh, we didn't uh, bring up that we need to? No, I mean I like the idea of the origin stories, right? So we did yours, we did mine. Mine was a bit all over the place. We did ours, sort of ish kind of thing. Um, we talked about new music, we talked about old music, we talked about influences. I mean, we talked about a lot. 
I really how it's a miracle that we were able to make music together and find common ground. You know what? It's a miracle that I'll always be grateful for, brother. <laughs> I will, Ryan. Uh, you know, despite your cocky nature, that I... <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I somehow self-identify. Remember, do we have this conversation on a podcast about how uh, Scott Weiland said the most like maniacal, uh, Machiavellian, uh, Machiavellian kind of like, or not? What's the word I'm looking for? Not Machiavellian, but like I'm not saying that word right. Uh, but very conceited, very arrogant type of statement he made about how his song impacted the world. And it was so over the top that I, I just, all I could do is identify with him. Like I just felt a kinship with him. And, and that's funny, like the, the best musicians tend to be kind of slightly narcissistic. And, I, <laughs> and so we have, we've, we've found some, some kindred spirit, you know, in, in terms of our two favorite uh, subjects overlapping some and getting to talk myself. about each other. Well, if, yeah, exactly. Know, if people cross over to, uh, the other podcasts that, that we've done, they will know that I, I probably uh, like myself, love myself a little too much. I just <laughs> got the funny well, stark levels of textbook narcissism. I'm glad that you're the only one with this problem. I don't have that kind of problem because I love myself enough to not be that narcissistic, but I get why. <laughs> but you know what? I, before we cut this off, I just, you kind of, you kind of have to have that to be a lead guitar player, you know? Yeah. I mean. You do kind of have to have it to be a band leader too, man. To be the lead Because think about or... it. You're not going to, yeah. I mean, it, to put your guitar like, you know, smash it over the top of everything else. Like you got to have a certain level of audacity and confidence, you know? It's good for you. Builds character. <laughs> yeah. No, man, I, I, you're right, and and actually, it, it's it's apropos to the part. I agree. It, it's, it's being able to. It does take confidence to put yourself out there. It does, and it takes. Uh, it does take a little bit of courage, right? And I find that. I find that courage a lot in other musicians, um, and I find that you know what I mean, like like artists that really put the truth out there in terms of their experience and how they, you know, how they, whatever songs they write or whatever music they, that true expression, you know, that's a brave thing to do, man, especially in this crazy, very critical negative world. It's hard to do. It's scary to do. And I respect people to do it, man. Well, I feel like, I feel like we did that back in the day. I feel like the, the music that we're going to write together this coming week will definitely just be, we're just going to do whatever we feel we should do. And we're just going to put it out there. Like we're not going to worry about what anyone else thinks about it. You know, I'm really just going to write it from whatever that magical mystical place is, bro, where that well is that we, that I've been describing. Yeah. I'm going to let them, this, the concept of letting songs breathe. Like there's a song that that we're working on that I've teased online and it's like a six minute song. And I just remember thinking as this, as the tune was coming, like there's a spot where the second verse comes in. And I remember thinking, you got to let the song breathe, bro. You just got to let, like, be patient. Like, don't, you don't need the vocal here just yet. Like, wait. And it's like, I didn't say that to me. It's like, it just sort of, that got impressed upon me in a very brief flash, like in a moment. And I understood, okay, this is what needs to happen in the song. Like, it, and that's just, you know, that, that sort of uh, magical, mystical coming together, um, is something that I I get a lot when we write music, man. So I'm 
Was it? Um, I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. Was it like a strong impression that you're like I should just leave us alone and let Ryan come in and <laughs> take it to the next level? <laughs> Drink of water, excuse me. Like I don't want to. I should let a real musician come in here and help me out on this thing. I really just appreciate your insights, brother. Or was it something different? Was it something different? That's you you just hit the nail on the head, man. That must have been it. It must have been the spirit of Ryan's guitar. Uh, uh, She has a name. Am I allowed to say her name out loud to the audience? Um. Yeah, I don't know if that's special information you want to get. I my guitar has a name, so I don't. You know. Uh yeah, I mean if I don't really. It's your personal guitar. I don't want to like say anything. But um, my guitar's name is Betsy, and I've had Betsy for twenty years. <laughs> uh, um, Betsy is my f- my first love. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean not quite, but almost. I mean, she's been with me longer than any other relationship. Yeah, I. Uh, it's not personal information. I mean, I just sometimes I forget about her. You know. Well, that's true, but uh, Sophia uh, whispered to me in, in a dream and yeah. said to let the song breathe. Yeah, uh, Ryan could come in here and play some sweet lick or something. She uh, been around. <laughs> she has she's been around. She's been there for a lot of the, a lot of the, the best parts of uh, of the creative process. Do you know so. what? At the time that I recorded the album, I must have had like ten guitars. I probably used like six different guitars on that album, and now I just have one. The Schecter, you, you, dude. The Schecter. You, do you still prefer Schecters, or is that a? Um, you know what? I you had a few Ibanez's, right? You had. I a, like Ibanez, yeah. I Epiphone. I like Epiphone too. I still that Epiphone actually. I sold that to another guitar friend, guitar player friend of mine. I wonder if he still has it. I, that was not an expensive guitar, but boy, the tone on that thing. Like, oh my gosh, dude, the tone on that Epiphone was ridiculous. I love that guitar. It was very much like a Les Paul. Hard and to play though. Difficult to play, but d- worth it to me. Um, my my go to guitar is actually a Fender knockoff. Like it's got it, it's it's not a, a name brand. It's it was made in Indonesia really cheaply, but I put way too much money into it and love and I I put in high end pickups and things and I made it I made it a professional guitar because of all the stuff I put into it. But um, yeah, man, it's just it sort of fit my needs, and um, I'll eventually get another acoustic, you know, and one one that'll fit. But um, if I had to pick another electric guitar, I'd I'd probably I'm gonna probably purchase an SG. I think I think that's gonna be my my the one guitar that's gonna make it easy to play past the 12th fret. That SG is like I, I mean, have you ever picked up and played those? They're really really. I like soloing on the SGs, man. I don't know that I've ever played an SG before. Really, have you not? Wait, and all the time I worked at Guitar Center, you never came by and picked up some guitars and jammed, man? Like, that's part of the fun. No, I mean, real musicians don't do that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, well, no, man. The, I fell in love with the, the the neck of the SG and the body. Like, it's so lightweight, but yet it, it still resonates in a similar fashion that the thicker, uh, full-bodied Les Paul resonates. Like, I still get some of that same sort of wooden tone. Uh, it's a special guitar, man. I love the SG. That's probably the next one I'm going to buy when I back to buying guitars again. It's going to be a while. I'm really uh, partial to the, the Ibanez RG. I, I don't know what it is. Like I played a lot of different guitars, and 
I'm pretty sure that it's blessed from the the mystic shores of Japan. Like, there's something about Ibanez, <laughs> dude. Like, they're they make great guitars. They make fantastic guitars at all price points. I don't really well, know of another guitar company that will their their low end guitars like support like high end features and play. Like, I really just solid solid guitar company. I love Ibanez. Can't yeah, like with an Ibanez. My guitar is not really. A high end, like it's a mid mid range guitar. If even all that, all you need. It's really all and you need. Like I don't. I mean, I I like the sound I can get out of it. Me too, bro. <laughs> Cocky I'm just as so you are. So <laughs> <laughs> I still. Uh, I don't. I don't really consider that. I really don't consider myself like that. You're right. And you know what? Listen, I'll put up with it. As soon as your guitar lick starts sucking, I'll kick you out of the band. But, you know, it's been, <laughs> it's been over a decade. It hasn't happened yet. I'll put up with some of your, your ego. <laughs> because of what you can produce. You know? I'm worth the trouble. You're yeah. a closer. Yeah, exactly. You close deals. You're like De- Dennis Rodman back in the day on the Chicago Bulls, you know? <laughs> he was worth the... Yeah, he, he was. was he was a diva, but he was he, worth the drama. He was going to show up when he needed to. This is know? true. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Um. Anyway. Uh. I think we've reached a natural, and we are actually literally here in about ten seconds, hitting the two-hour mark. I think we can. Yeah. I think we can call this one good, man. I uh, just want to thank you for your continued support, both you, Ryan, and you listeners. Um, Thank you all for believing in us, and thank you for those that that maybe don't believe in us because you fuel us too. We are gonna be doing big things. We are doing big things, and I don't know about you, brother, but I'm just so hopeful and so excited for the future. I have a lot to be grateful for, so thank you. Yeah, well, I'm I I um have confidence in myself. Uh, <laughs> Good. I don't know necessarily know about anything else, but you know. Well, I'm I'm really grateful for that too, Ryan. I'm, I'm grateful for your cocky <laughs> can, attitude and your skills, in. your sweet sweet skills on the guitar. Hashtag love yourself. <laughs> Hashtag. That, I heart mirrors. Hashtag right. RVA. <laughs> I gotta, you know. <laughs> Wait, did you hashtag RVA at the end there? Yeah, just let that one go by. You know, people right. figure that out on their own. Turn it, turn it. That's what I thought you said. Hashtag Arbenez, Ibanez RG. <laughs> I, um, I am really looking forward to the music, brother. Like, dude, let's let's get after it. I can't wait to show folks what we're capable of and and what we're about now. Because as fun as that old music was, I just I really feel like both of you and I have grown musically since then. So. It's just, I'm so excited, man. Um, thank you for, for joining us inside the sound tonight, today. I don't know when you're going to hear this wonderful episode. You can find us on social media, folks. Um, you can now find us, as of this podcast, on anchor.fm slash inside the sound. That's inside the sound, just like it sounds. Pretty cool, man. 
And uh, perhaps very shortly after, we got to get that social media. I said that would be done by the time we hit record on this podcast. I haven't done it. But before my my head hits the pillow, uh, a few of those accounts will, uh, you know, light up the interwebs and we'll have an official separate channel. We'll remove some confusion from the Manhigh Project, our other podcast, where it's it's kind of all convoluted all in one place. And then we'll sort of split them up so people can see we actually have two podcasts. So uh, please join us here again uh, ne- until next time. Or, you know, if you, if you just can't get enough of Ryan and you can't get enough of me, uh, Ryan is also featured on the, the Man High Project, and uh, I am, well, you know, always featured with the golden voice. Anyway, um, Ryan, you got anything else to add, brother? You want to throw out your, your at social medias, or are you still, you know, do, you're above that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like... Uh... I feel like people that really want to find me should should go out of their way to find me. They should they, already know where you're at ahead of time. Well, if, if they don't, they know where to look. <laughs> Very good, sir. Uh, sounds like a plan. And until next time, folks, uh, you know, I didn't come up with a special way to close inside the sound. I mean, I guess I could do the little, um, well, to, in, to, to next time something, you'll be in the sound or I don't know, something cool to say. Insert epic closing tagline here, but um, I can take us out with this, though, if you want. I can do a little. I love the echo of the yeah at the end. I know I do. Bye, folks. We are here inside the sound for now. We can't be